and welcome to the Doolan Midwife Podcast with me, Charlene Yarrett-West, founder of Relaxing to Birth Online Hypnobirthing and the virtual midwife, Karen Wilmot. We came together to bring you Relaxing to Birth Plus, our comprehensive online antenatal course focusing on labor, birth and beyond, featuring extensive hypnobirthing techniques and a deep understanding of the physiology of birth, and methods to avoid unnecessary medical interventions. Every week we meet over a steaming hot cup of coffee and chat about our favorite topics around motherhood. This podcast is your invitation into our living room where we share birth stories, birthing world updates, we interview birth workers from near and far, and we also take the time to answer your burning questions around pregnancy, birth, and motherhood. Hi, Karen. Hello, hello. Good to be back again, and thank you so much for bringing me that delicious coffee. Delicious. I love it too. <laughs> Always good. So, um, what is our topic this week? Transition. Mm. Mm. And how did that topic come about? Was there somebody that you had in labor recently? or? Yes. Yes, it's always good to make sure that the mom understands what transition is about mm. because it can feel quite out of body. Yes. And the, one of the most intense parts of labor. Mm. But thankfully, it means that the process is almost done and the baby is around the corner. Yeah, so I think um, the point of today's chat really is about getting a deeper understanding of what transition means, when it happens, and how to manage it effectively so that it actually uh, smooths the progress of labor rather than delaying it or halting it, which can very often happen if it's not recognized and if there's too many disruptions or interruptions or it's not managed and supported in a way that allows transition to be transition and to transition into birthing your baby because that's essentially what it is. Exactly. It's the most demanding but it's the quickest part of labor generally, mm. especially for second-time moms. Mm. It's quite, it can be quite quick. But for first-time moms, it can take up to two hours mm. in that time. And so many things happen in those two hours. So, um, you know, essentially what's happening in transition is, is just that, that the, the cervix is transitioning to being fully open. And because it's now fully open, the uterus transitions and changes its function so instead of pulling up to open the cervix it doesn't need to do that anymore because the cervix is fully open so it changes its function and goes into more of a pushing down and a downward pressure and that is what makes it so emotionally intense and mentally intense and you also have a change up in the hormones that are being released exactly because during your labor, you've got the lovely cocktail of love hormones flowing, endorphins, oxytocin, serotonin, all of those lovely hormones flowing. And then when transition happens and it's time to push your baby out, your cervix is fully open, just before that point, there's a great big surge of adrenaline that yes. kicks in. Yes. That wakes you up and wakes the baby up, dilates your pupils can make you feel like WTF is going on <laughs> because suddenly you don't feel as lovely and soft and flowing as what you might have felt during your labor leading up to that point. 
which I think is why it can be a little bit scary because adrenaline is our fight or flight. So it's like what's happening yes. that I'm moving into this this high state or high alert state when I've been in this beautiful zone of yes. endorphins and oxytocin. And it doesn't help when the care providers put all the lights on. No, because that kind of exacerbates that whole adrenaline release. Mm. But I think for support partners, yes. understanding that, that change of behavior and knowing that it's driven by hormones and that the, those hormones are indicating that, that things have changed up. And you mentioned some of those side effects, you know, the dilated pupils, the sitting up, yes. the reaching out for things. Sometimes you see their toes curling, you know, <laughs> yes. or, you know, reaching up. The toes get it kind of like literally curling. Yes. Um, and vomiting. Vomiting is also sometimes a something that happens in response either to the adrenaline or just the the change in function and the intensity of it. And I always say that's quite a good sign. And I mean, nobody ever likes vomiting and they nobody ever likes vomiting in public. Yes. But it's quite an expulsive reflex. Reflex. And what happens when you vomit is that that last little bit of cervix as you're retching will sometimes pull up and sometimes it also nudges the baby down. So very often after somebody vomits, the next thing that happens is they have that very strong urge to push. And doesn't your body switch on all of these uh, um, expulsive reflexes, reflexes Yes. to help the baby out, exactly. etc.? Exactly. So it's not, not a bad thing. It's not a comfortable thing. But if it does happen somewhere in your mind, you should hear that little voice saying, oh, I remember this and it's okay. And for the support partners to be as supportive as they possibly can, make sure there's a bowl and a cloth and just hold your hair out of your face and allow it to happen because you know that it's part of the process. It's not an indication that anything is wrong. Um, if anything, it's an indication that everything is right. And that, as you said, it's almost time for you to meet your baby. And this is often what is portrayed in the media. Exactly. They portray transition. Yes, yes, exactly. The woman goes from yeah. waters breaking to transition. To transition. <laughs> they forget all the in-between. In exactly. Yeah. And the transition can look to the outside eye very intense. Yes. It is intense to yeah. the person experiencing it. And to the observer, it's also incredibly intense. Yes. And can be loud. Definitely. And no. swearing, swearing full. Swearful. Swearful. <laughs> is that the word for the day? Swearful. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's a good point because um, I there's kind of like what are called the four Ds of behavioral changes that happen in transition, and um, I haven't got one for swearing, but I'm sure if I can make, if I think of a word that that describes swearing that begins with a D, I could make it five Ds. Yes. But the Ds that I see are denial. I'm sure you've seen that where okay. somebody were about to give birth and they say, okay, that's it, I've had enough, or no, 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 I'm not pushing, or it's not happening. So there's a sense of denial. Yes, one woman wanted to leave. Exactly. She started packing up her and bag to go. It's beautiful. I, I kind of love it. I love watching it because it's quite yes. funny. So denial's one, and then despondence is another, where especially if it's been a really long labor, then um, it becomes so intense and that's the point where they've been managing it really well and now that intensity has ratcheted up, it's like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Bring me the epidural, bring me everything. Yes. So this is a, it's a sense of despondence. I just can't do it anymore. And that's when you need a good birthing team 
to hold you together. Exactly, exactly. And really and encourage you. you can do this. That's it. That's mm -hmm. where the support is. Then there's defiance. Have you ever seen the defiance one? Yes, I think so. Yeah, when, there's, when it's just it's become... <laughs> <laughs> very often directed towards the person they love the most yes. or towards the, the person who's kind of supposedly in charge, whether that's the midwife or the gynae or whoever. But there's this like, absolutely, I won't... Anything you ask them or tell them or share with them, it's like, no, no, no. And to be honest with you... um. It's one of the things where I've learned the most from birthing women because in that, in that defiance, very often they're telling you exactly what they need. And very often that defiance is going, going the opposite of what I think they need or what I think should be happening. But if I am allow myself to listen to what they are defying, they're actually letting me know what they need. And then the other D is desperation. You know, feeling, I think it's a bit like despondence. Yes. Where you're desperately seeking some kind of outside assistance and knowing that actually what you need is, is deep within. Because that's the time where you really do have to reach down very deep and harness your internal resources in that moment of intensity. Because you've never experienced anything quite like it before. It is physically, emotionally, mentally overwhelming. And there's nobody that can do it except you. Yes. So there is a sense of desperation because as much as you want to reach out and ask for help, you know that actually you're the only one who can do this. It's on you. It's on you. Yes. And that's the last one is doubt. There's, a, there's an element of like, can I actually do this? I remember that. The doubt. I remember the doubt. Yeah. 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 So all because of those... you think that there's just no way. When you look down at this pregnant belly, mm. you think, how on earth is that baby going to come out of there? Mm. But then somehow your body just does it. Yeah. And you think your body is going to split open in two, mm. but it doesn't. Yes. It doesn't. Yes. You're still a whole person when you come out <laughs> on the other side. Yeah, but there's a lot of doubt that happens in those moments For of sure. things like that and... Can, you know, how can I get something so big out of my body? Can I actually do this? And also some mental things can hold you back from going into transition. I had a client who labored all the way up until eight centimeters and then realized that she was worried that she would love her adopted child more than her own child. Mm. That she was, I mean, love her, love her Own biological child, child yes. more than her adopted child. And that her father would never meet her own biological child because he had died. And so she literally stalled her labor at eight centimeters. But only once we started talking to her about what's on your mind, what's, what are you thinking, why are you stalling your labor, that helped her to uncover that mm. and then she started to squat mm. and it probably progressed very quickly after it did. that yeah it just meant that she needed to go through those mental obstacles mm. i've seen that also so often where there's an underlying issue usually around another child or your partner or a family member yes. that they're concerned about especially if it's a relationship that is not solid and they're concerned about whether the partner will still be there or yes. that can very often get in the way. Or even sometimes issues around their own birth or the relationship they have with their own mother. 
And that's why examining all of those things are so important in yes. the lead up to your birth because it's in those moments where they surface. Exactly. And you would like to know that you have at least looked at them. You don't necessarily have to solve them, mm. but be clear about where, yeah. where you're at with them. Another example was a mom who needed to finish a Netflix series no. in hospital. No. I promise. No. A second time mom. So she was conscious, very conscious. Her first baby's <laughs> birth went really fast. <laughs> but this one, it just she had her laptop open watching Netflix. She was also arranging like her, her child at home, childcare, because the husband was a little bit incapable. He was so nervous about everything. But in between all that, she was just watching her, her show, like trying to get through it before the next baby came. And when it and finished? finally, when it finished, it was about 8 p.m. And the midwife came to check. And she was six centimeters. And she'd stayed at six centimeters the whole day. And then I was thinking, oh, they're going to start asking, wanting to augment her labor or do something. And she was a little bit disheartened and lay down on her side. Because now, why is she still at six? You know, I could have said, well, you know, Netflix is not always very helpful. <laughs> Sometimes it's helpful, but not always. And so the midwife went out and literally within 15 minutes, she suddenly started getting the urge to push. And I lifted her dress to see and oh my goodness, there's a bit of crowning happening. I called the midwife and while the midwife's back was turned to get the the birth pack out she birthed her baby the baby came bloop, 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 out onto the bed it literally plopped out and the dad was like guys guys the baby's here look <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome 15 minutes 15 minutes after finishing your netflix series to man i want to know what that netflix series was can you remember it was some fashion thing like some fashion you Project know, Runway. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I mean, I've also seen it where um, a woman has stalled her labor while waiting for the anesthetist to come to give her the epidural. That I've seen. Yes. And that, that I've seen quite often, actually, where labor is really intense. You know, surges are coming one on top of the other. I need the epidural. I need the epidural. And once they know it's coming, they're just like... Phew, Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you're more in control than what you realize, which is both a good thing and a bad mm. thing to know. Because there's an element of it that you're not in control of, and that can feel overwhelming. But there's also an element of your mind that can control these things subconsciously without realizing it. And stall your own labor. And stall your own labor. So, you know, we talk a lot in our course and in our teachings about surrender and letting go, and how important it is to let go when you're in labor. Yes. Physically, emotionally, all Drop of that, all. which can be hard though, and I think transition is the the peak of when you really need to let go because you also you are now faced with the imminent birth of your baby, so there's a, a letting go of your identity, especially yes. if it's your first baby. You know that when this baby is born, you are now a mother, yes. becoming a mother. There's a letting go of your old lifestyle that you knew. And bringing a baby into that, so you're not a couple anymore, you're now a family. Yes. There's a letting go of um, the known for the unknown. So there's a lot of letting go 
all happening at a very subconscious level. And I think it goes back to what you were saying about those things. Yes. She had to talk through that and let that go yes. before she could say, okay. Anything else we can say about transition except that, as you said, it can last for anything from 10 minutes to two hours. Yes. An important part of it is being able to surrender to it. So surrender to the intensity. Yes, and don't think about what's still to come. Yes. Think about how far you've come and that this is the pinnacle of the birth process. Mm, which is why it's so intense. And I would say as well that it's an important part for partners, birth partners, to understand. Yes. Because it can be very scary for them as well. I mean, I've got many memories of, of um, husbands running up to the desk when I worked in a hospital saying, you need to come in here, you need to look, help, 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 do something. You know, because all of a sudden there's this, we have to do something. Something changed. has changed. They know it, they can feel it, they can see it. Yes. But they also want you to do something. Yes. And... And it's the overwhelming sensation of needing to go to the toilet. Yes, which is also uncomfortable, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's not actually comfortable to think about going to the toilet or that feeling in a public place. Yes. And that's why that environment is so important. If it is in the hospital, which is a public place, yes. to have made it as comfortable and safe as an environment as possible and to have really settled into that space. Um, it really all feeds back on each other. All ties up. I mean, we've really just taken one aspect of your labor, which is transition. Yes. Without talking about, we've spoken a lot about early labor in previous conversations where we talk about when to call your doula, when to call your midwife and all of that. We haven't really spoken too much about active labor except sometime in, in a little bit with our pain medication. Yes. But it's just nice to actually focus in on one aspect, which is transition and just before the baby's born. Because I also don't think it gets that much air time when we're talking about the stages of labor. No. We, we gloss over it a little bit in our classes and, and teaching, and it's, it's a big one because it is so sudden, it's so visible, it's so tangible, yes. and so important. Yes, and you don't want to be expending all of your adrenaline in your labor you want to try and save it up so that it comes out in one big burst. Not that we have much control over that, but yes. You know, so how you can control it is to make your environment and the people you're with try to have it as calm as possible. Okay, so, so um, focusing on making sure that there's oxytocin and endorphins yes. rather than adrenaline. During your labor, yeah, yes. Yeah. Because those external scary factors or the external factors that are alarming will trigger trigger that. the release of adrenaline yes. yeah good what about breathing in that time what can the mother do because there's birth breathing j breathing yeah i think it depends on whether or not she's feeling a lot of pressure which she probably is yes. so if she is feeling that pressure then she wants to move into the birth breath or the j breath yes or the J-Poo, as yes. some of my um, ladies call it. Yeah, there'll be a combination of breathing and pushing. It's not just one yeah. thing or the but other. But the breathing is a great way of managing the intensity. Yes. You know, that's actually once what your go-to should be the breathing when it does become so mentally and physically overwhelming. Go back to the breath. Because one, if you can breathe just consciously, whether it's the J breath or the deep breathing or the 
birth breath. But if you're consciously breathing, you're going to manage your anxiety and it's going to calm you down. And then you're going to become aware of that overwhelming urge to push and you can move into your birth breath. It's a perfect point mm. to end this podcast. As you know, everybody, to our lovely listeners, every week we cover topics of pregnancy, birth and motherhood. And we do read your letters and your feedback. We interview folk from around the world to give you the most up-to-date info wherever we can on every podcast. And we also share recommendations and anecdotes, both funny and serious. If you enjoyed our podcast, please help us to keep on going by sharing with your friends and any pregnant woman you know who come across. Our comprehensive antenatal course is up for grabs on our website, so go and check it out. As always, yours in pregnancy and beyond. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week.